Some days you just feel way too lazy to run the pre-show animation that gets everyone fired up and know, knowing that the show starts. I'm Peter Dunn, Pete the Planner, host of the Pete the Planner Show, joined by Damian Dunn. Hello, Dame. Hello, Pete. I just honestly, like, it, it's there's seven buttons I think I have to press to run the animation to start the show, and I just didn't have the energy today. If someone in our audience would like to reach out to us to streamline and make this just one button that Pete has to click one piece of audio visual entertainment to make things just that much easier for Pete. We'll probably ignore it. Uh, so Dame big, big show today. Here's what we've got on the show. We have got uh, stories from the road returns. Uh, I started my journeys on the road as a business traveler. Once again, for the first time in well, since February of 2020. So uh, the stories are fired up. I've got some fun things to share with you. We're going to talk about open enrollment today, the biggest missed opportunity in most people's financial lives, a stock market check-in. We'll see where we are this uh, week on, uh, or this year so far on the stock market, and then some listener emails. How's that sound? That sounds delicious. Oh, it does sound delicious. Uh, Dame. Oh my gosh. So much to talk about since we last gathered. Uh, we took Labor Day weekend off. And so, uh, did you have, you have a good Labor Day? You were, you, you were at your car festival thing. I did. Uh, our town has our, our little car festival going on. Uh, well did. And, uh, it was great. It was beautiful weather until Saturday night when we got a little bit of rain, but good times were had by all. Fantastic. I was in Chicago uh, with a little family gathering. I will say this. We took the architectural boat tour, which every time you take uh, talk to someone about going to Chicago, they'll say, I took the architectural boat tour and it was amazing. And you're thinking, yeah. And then I went on it and it was amazing. And now I'm going to be the obnoxious person that tells everyone it's amazing. Did the kids enjoy it though? They did. Really? Yeah. It's it, because you're on a boat, you're out yeah. in the water. Yeah. My daughter was throwing pretzels at fish she said she saw, but she did not. You can't see underneath that water. I don't know. I'm not a doctor, but we had a good time. Uh, and then, Dame, as we get in the show here today, maybe after the first segment, I, I will, I will, a new entry into the travel stories of Pete. And boy, this is a doozy. <laughs> this is a doozy. He started off strong. I can't wait. All right. Um, Want to get started here? No time like the present, Pete. Oh, look who just popped in the Facebook live comments. Kelsey Taylor, personal trainer to the stars. I'm on a boat, she says. Uh, Kelsey is my friend. He used to be my personal trainer. Uh, she is fantastic and much stronger than you and I combined. I, yeah, I, I feel like I'm just even more out of shape knowing she's watching. Yeah, no, she's, she's incredible. Hello, Kelsey. All right. Here we go. Uh, whoa, what are we talking about? Um, we're starting with uh, open, open enrollment. enrollment. Yeah. Open enrollment. Okay. Let's start there. Okay, let me get ready to go here. You take a week off of the show, Dame, where we take a week off, and it and it feels like I don't even know how anything works anymore. So uh, here we go. That was an important piece there. All right, in three, two, one. This week on the Pete the Planner Show, we answer your money questions. Here's how the show works. You email us, askpete at petetheplanner.com. That's askpete at petetheplanner.com. Then maybe we'll answer your question on 
the air. Joining me as always is Damian Dunn, Vice President of Advice at Your Money Line and Hey Money. Hello, Dame. Hello, Pete. Oh, it's good to be back with you, Dame. I, it, very exciting news in the world of the Pete the Planner radio show. We added some new affiliates this week. Uh, Anderson, Indiana's WHBU, which is part of the Wolf Boom Radio Group. Uh, joins us starting this weekend. So hello to the people of Anderson. I'm currently just taking myself mentally down Scatterfield Road, being with all of you <laughs> in Anderson, Indiana. Wolf Boom. You know, look, here's the thing. There's a lot of radio groups out there. Wolf Boom might be my favorite name for a radio group I think I've seen. I think it's amazing. It's really good. Like it's it's one of those things where you take two words and you make one word out of it, but yeah. it, they're not actually, it's not one word, but it, it is now Wolf Boom. Yeah, I'll take it. It's like if it were the planner, but it's not. Right. Dame, um, so we are amongst one of my favorite times of year. And no, I don't mean the start of football season, although it is. And no, I don't mean Ginger's Paradise, where the sun starts to get less hot and fall is upon us, although I do enjoy that. I'm talking about open enrollment. Yes, I'm the sort of boring, dull individual that loves the concept of benefits election time within your workplace. Dame, it occurred to me recently, because I've had some time to kill on the road, I think people really do a disservice to themselves uh, out of the boredom they feel around their employee benefits. So therefore, they don't take them seriously. They don't do the right research. They don't make good decisions. And that becomes problematic, not only in the year in which they make the election, but for years to come. Am I, am I wrong? No, you are not wrong. I mean, think about what this uh, this process is like. And maybe you've blocked it out of your head if you've gone through it before. But you are given a booklet full of all sorts of options. If if you uh, if your employer uh, provides all, all sorts of fringe benefits or you know different health plans, and then you are tasked to go through this incredibly tough read to try and figure out which option is best for your family. It's very common just to say, you know what, we were okay last year. Let's just punt and keep that same plan or the same menu of benefits that we had uh, last year going forward into this year. And in reality, you may be missing out on potentially thousands of dollars of savings if you were to take the time to look and see what's available to you. Now, at any point in the year, generally speaking, you can make changes to your benefits at work via the retirement plan. You can go in and increase your contributions or decrease your contributions, but you know, any time of the year for most plans. However, it's just this one time of year where you have to make decisions around your health insurance, around uh, life insurance, disability, or even different benefits like that. Now, Dame, I think most of the mistakes begin around health insurance elections, and it usually goes something like this. My company allows us to have a traditional PPO style health insurance plan in which I have a copay and a small deductible and the plan covers most anything I would have. Like, so that, that is sort of the traditional way of doing things. But now I have an option. This is me playing a character. Let's name oh, the character. His okay. name is Steve. Steve. Uh, uh, now I have the option to have what's called a high deductible health insurance plan along with an HSA or health savings account. And this may appeal to me as someone who's never seen this before because the monthly premiums are significantly lower. And so if I don't take the time to do the research on what could otherwise be a good idea, it could end up being a bad idea. And why is that, my friend? 
well, if you're going to start in, uh, investing into an HSA or saving into an HSA, that that is paired with a high deductible health care plan. If you are a family that goes to the doctor frequently uh, or maybe has some very uh, high uh, high cost prescriptions, uh, things of that nature, stuff that you know you're going to need and use, the high deductible side of that equation might be a big surprise for you going forward. So if you're going to start participating in an HSA, which Pete, I know you and I are both very much in favor of, uh, make sure you understand everything that goes along with that. If you are a, a younger family or a younger individual, doesn't visit the, the doctor very often, relatively healthy, you don't uh, engage in super risky behavior, jumping out of planes or riding a mountain bike through a densely populated forest. Jeez. Oh, uh, yeah, it happens. Uh, I've seen many people take a header into a tree. It's not pretty. Uh, then H, uh, high deductible healthcare plan and uh, HSA might be just what the doctor ordered. You know, but. your employer typically wants you to have an HDHP. Um, and the reason is because the premiums are lower and mm-hmm. that some of those costs are passed on to you based on your own behavior and decisions and wellness. Uh, and to be very frank, I feel like most people, assuming you are blessed with reasonable health, should go with the high deductible healthcare plan with an HSA because it promotes both good healthcare decisions, but it promotes really good financial decisions as well. Absolutely. Uh, you are preparing for the future uh, as well as covering the present with a high deductible healthcare plan and HSA paired together. Your immediate needs are going to be taken care of should something unfortunate happen to, to you or your family. But if you're able to take advantage of the HSA side of things, you're going to build a very nice nest egg for future healthcare expenses. And regardless of how healthy you are now, there's a very good likelihood you're going to need some extra cash for healthcare at some point in the future, probably in retirement, if not a little bit sooner. The other two benefits elections made during benefits election season or open enrollment, as they call it in the biz, are life insurance and disability insurance. Dame, I don't believe a person's only life insurance should be through their employer group life insurance. However, that being said, it is generally incredibly inexpensive and can be a great play to get your life insurance uh, levels to where they need to be. Uh, I guess I'll say this. I think there's just a general misunderstanding of life insurance in general, and that extends to people making benefits elections in the workplace. Yeah, occasionally life insurance offered through your employer can be what's called portable. In other words, if you were separate from service from your employer, you may be able to retain that coverage, but oftentimes once you separate uh, working there, whether it's your choice or theirs, that coverage is going to stop. So if the bulk of your life insurance is coming from your employer plan, uh, yeah, it's cheap, but it may not be there when you need it in the future. So yeah, it can be a nice little uh, garnish to your overall life insurance plan, but in most cases, it's not going to be good enough to have excuse me, have it be the core of your life insurance plan. I like the use of garnish since we're talking about taking wages out of your paycheck uh, to pay for things, yet you meant it as basically the Italian parsley or actually the curly parsley that sits on your plate at a restaurant. Now, they, disability insurance is the last thing that people generally mess up and it's because they just don't think they need it, which is which is sort of weird because you're more likely to be disabled in your working years than to pass away in your working years. And so theoretically... 
<clears throat> disability insurance is more important than life insurance, but that doesn't mean you should choose one or the other. It just means you should pay attention and make sure you have disability insurance. Typically, disability, especially through an employer plans, can be pretty darn affordable. Uh, I think the the rub comes that a lot of people don't understand how it works, and they're they're not entirely sure how. Uh, a short-term disability policy might uh, come into play for certain uh, instances or illnesses and what in the world does a long-term policy mean and how much uh, coverage am I going to get? Uh, so it, it really behooves you to take the extra time to make sure you understand that offering because I agree disability is probably going to come into play way more often for the average employee than than the life insurance. I tell this story every time we talk about disability insurance, but actually about two weeks ago was the 20th anniversary or I think it was 20th anniversary of the passing of my dad's best friend and he, who, who had a, a condition uh, in his later years that the only way he was able to provide for his family is because he was such a believer in disability insurance uh, that it, it still allowed him to continue his financial plan. So every time I think about life insurance or disability, I should say, I think about that gentleman. Dame, coming up after the break, we're taking a look at the stock market. We are weighing in our, our predictions from earlier this year and just see where we are. That's all next on the Pete the Planner Show. I'm Pete the Planner. You know how out of practice, so we took a week off because we were on vacation or whatever. I almost hit stop broadcast just now. <laughs> <laughs> it should have been magical. Hello, uh, Mike says, hopefully I made a stop at Portillo's. I did not stop at Portillo's. I did stop at a place called... Oh, it was a beef stand, and I got to think of the name of it, and it was delicious, and I had Italian beef, so thank you for asking. I did go to a barbecue place in Texas, which begins our story time this week, Dame. For those that don't know, um, business travel is wild. It, it's just a, it's a very strange thing because you're both a part of it, but it's just seven hours of people watching. And if you're like me, you don't talk to anyone during this time. You have on headphones. Uh, you have a hat pulled over your eyes. You just you just wish you weren't there and you just go from one place to another. So, Dame, last night on my flight home, this was from uh, DFW, Dallas-Fort Worth Airport, to Detroit. Because I was flying Delta, so you have to fly through Detroit uh, or Atlanta or Minneapolis to get home. Anyway, uh, I flew through Detroit and... As we're getting on the, the flight, it occurred to me that we had a very loquacious flight attendant, like a very loquacious fl flight attendant. Dame, I love to hear my own voice. Let's mm -hmm. just be honest here. I like to talk. I find myself engaging. Um, but generally speaking, when you pair that with reading the room, you're, you're, you're going to be okay. Sure. But if you're a very loquacious person that doesn't know how to read the room, then... Oh, my Lord, Dame, it can be a disaster. So here's what we had last night. It's a long day of, uh, of work, uh, the start of the business travel to start uh, the evening. And this flight attendant loved her own voice. And so this is Delta. This isn't Southwest where you're encouraged to really yuck it up and try your stand-up material. This is, hey, shh. <laughs> So she came on during the, the boarding process five times and gave the same spiel about clearing the aisle, but she would embellish it. She would like, so uh, make sure that you uh, pull your bag in the aisle so you don't trip people with your bag, your bag strap, your purse, your purse strap. And so she would, she would list like 15 things really fast to sort of uh, just to go on. So it'd be funny. 
And the first time she did it, you're like, <laughs> that's neat. But then she did it four more times. And then as the flight went on, this two hour plus flight, every time she would go on and give the, 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 the pertinent reading of what she was supposed to say, she would do another one of these crazy lists, but the list kept growing in length. Like at one point she was like, so you need to turn off your iPhone iPhone 2, iPhone 3, iPhone 4, iPhone 5, iPhone 6, iPhone 7, iPhone 8, iPhone 9, iPhone X, uh, iPhone XS, iPhone 11. I, uh, she was like, Android, Samsung. And she just, it was like two minutes of her reading or, or, or like doing this bit about like this just crazy things. And it was mind numbing. And you couldn't take off, I have noise canceling headphones that they don't cancel that out. Yeah. And, and I'm watching a movie, but the movie kept stopping because she kept coming on and doing all these things. And so then the pilot comes on right after her and he goes, <laughs> it was amazing. He goes, uh, I'll make this brief. Uh, we will be there in 40 minutes. So you could tell he was crazy annoyed. Like he was wanting to take the plane into a, a mountainside. He was upset. And then the, then she did it again. And then he came on and goes, uh, once again, I'll make this brief. Uh, weather in Detroit is uh, 54 degrees. And then that was it. And I was just thinking, I can't imagine how much he dislikes this person. Do you do you think they do pilots know who the crew is going to be ahead of time? This is a question that I need to ask our Jeremy. pilot friend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I have no idea. Um, I don't think my gut says no. I think you just show up at the gate and and then you see people and you're like, oh, okay. Yeah, I don't think so. Yeah, man, that's got to be rough. I mean, because you know every every carrier's got oh yeah some crew that's kind of like oh we're working with them today. But the, here's the thing: I, coming out of this pandemic, I'm trying to extend a lot more grace to people and just like not not have this like they're cool, they're not. It's just like everyone's going through their stuff. Sure. And I know this person was probably trying to bring joy. But there's still this concept of reading the room. Like at some point, there's a couple people laughing, but most people are like me, just like shaking their head. I'm like, what are we doing here? Can we please stop with this? Was she, is she, I assume she, I shouldn't have done that. Were they even she. looking at the the cabin or were they like tucked away and just talking into the phone? Tucked away, talking into the phone, just doing a bit. Right. If you're engaged, if you're looking at people in the eye and you can yeah. kind of play off the room and, and someone's going, so you're going, that's one thing, but it's like doing radio Yeah, where doing radio, you're, that's why there are so many bits because it's just like, you can't get feedback from anyone. Wow. Anyway, welcome Wolf Boom, WHBU, our new affiliate in Anderson, who's not hearing this right now because this is the podcast. Oh, damn, I have a really long day of production, uh, so I need to get going here. <clears throat> okay. Good, solid first story of travel season, but we will follow that up, well, um, next week's show, because I'm going to be in California most of the week, and that should be interesting. I think uh, if you're ever on a flight with that particular employee again, you need to invite her on the show. No. <laughs> All right, in three, two, one. Back on the Pete the Planner show. Dame, I don't know if you know this. We recorded this show on September 10th, 2021, which is, I don't know, more than eight months uh, into the year. And you and I made some predictions, some stock market predictions uh, at the beginning of the year. 
you and I both said what we thought the S&P 500 would end up at. And then we also chose our winner for the year. Well, the year is not over quite yet. There's a lot to shake out, but we do have some early data and feedback to see what has happened. Dave, do you happen to remember your prediction for the S&P 500 for 2021? If I remember correctly, I think I was in the 12% neighborhood, somewhere 12, 14%. I got really, really aggressive and I went 22 to 23%, somewhere in that range for the S&P 500's uh, increase from a percentage standpoint in 2021. And so far, with several trading dates left in the year, we're up 19.83% on the S&P 500, which a, which a less wise man would celebrate, but I know how this all works and we could very well end up negative this year, uh, depending on what goes on. But are, are you shocked to hear that we're just under 20% at this point or does it sort of feel like a 20% year to you? Um, it f we've had a lot of positive activity, so I'm, I'm not terribly surprised that it's, it's 20 ish percent. Uh, but you know, the, the year is still young. I will have you know, never be happier to be wrong. If my prediction of 12 to 14% is blown out of the water, but we do have some time on the calendar to go. Now the NASDAQ, which typically, well, I shouldn't say this, but sometimes we'll run laps around the S&P 500 based on the makeup of that particular index. Do you have an idea of what you think it is up yet this year? Uh, or, or down, I guess I shouldn't hedge it to the, if, or, or to my I hand. If I remember correctly, I think the NASDAQ is lagging the S&P this year, maybe by uh, 2 or 3%. That is about right. 18.79% as of early day trading on September 10th, 2021. And the Dow, which, I mean, people still look at the Dow, but it's uh, sort of less significant as we as we get an idea of what the market is doing. Do you have an idea of what it has done this year? Uh, this is a pure guess at this point. I'm going to guess that's closer to the 14-15 range. Yeah, nailed it. 13.85. Exactly. All right. So then you and I made some very bold predictions as to which would be the hotness. What would be the great stock of 2021? But to be fair, you and I are not stock pickers. We are not even investment advisors at this point in our careers. While we are financial experts, this was for entertainment purposes only. Dame, you chose something called Thor Industries. I did. And what was your thought there? Uh a lot of people during the pandemic uh, with limited options to get away or go do something chose to look into recreational vehicles, RVs, and uh, go explore the great outdoors. And that carried over, uh, has carried over somewhat into this year where you can't even get into some national parks because they're so crowded. So I last, uh, well, whenever we did the show in January or whenever we made these picks, uh, I anticipated to continue and people to want to be outdoors and be in control of their own travel. So Thor is one of the largest manufacturers of RVs in the, the country. And I decided, you know what, uh, let's go with them by the good Indiana company, by the way, let's do what so many people love to do to illustrate rather simple points in a very complicated way. Dame, let's say on January 1st, uh, 2021, you invested $10,000. You know, that's always the amount that these things do. There was yeah. like, if you put $10,000 in uh, Microsoft in 1991, like, I, why is it $10,000? Why is it always $10,000? Uh, 
it's quicker to see really big gains, exponential gains on that. If you were to say a thousand bucks, it doesn't look nearly as impressive. You go with ten thousand dollars. That's true. A hundred thousand just is too much. Yeah. Ten thousand still reasonable, and you can still see well reasonable for uh, some people, uh, but you can see the the exponential growth happen a lot faster with ten thousand bucks. Dame, if you were to put ten thousand dollars away on January first, twenty twenty one, in Thor Industries, is that what it's called? Thor Industries, so. which was your pick, you would currently have. Are you ready for it? Please. Twelve thousand one hundred and thirty one dollars. Dame, Thor Industries year-to-date is up over 21%. You are beating the S&P 500. That is solid. I am very happy with that pick. Now, Dame, you may remember what I chose uh, was Delta Airlines. Oh, not Delta the variant? Well, it has been a big year for Delta, just not Delta Airlines. And while I am arguably traveling a lot more on said airline... Uh, the year-to-date change for Delta Airlines has been, let's just put it this way. If I were to invest $10,000 on January 1st of 2021, I would have as, uh, uh, enough money to keep my $10,000 and buy a value meal at, at Jack in the Box. Ooh. It's up 0.05% on the year. So y- you are currently winning that contest. I... I feel pretty confident that I'm going to cross the finish line uh, in front of you on that one at the end of the year. I have to say, I, I tend to be a, a, an optimistic person in some aspects of life, and I certainly was here uh, sort of hoping that the travel industry would come back. And you were like, okay, I feel you, but it's much more likely that people take care of their travel needs in a more personal way, which is a weird way to say it, but yeah. Yeah, no, I you know people want to go and do and see and uh you know be a part of the world around them and I just wasn't entirely convinced that the mass of people were going to be comfortable jumping back into hotels and airlines and Greyhound buses. All right, so Dame, I'm going to give you a chance with one quarter to go in this year. Actually, a quarter <laughs> a quarter plus a month. What do you think will be the primary direction of the market between now and the end of the year. And just so everyone knows, do not act on this. This is just for fun. This is for entertainment purposes only. This is not investment advice. Dane, what direction do you see the market going for the rest of the year? Flat. I think it'll be, I think it may peak a little bit, but it'll come back down and you'll, we'll finish around plus or minus 3%. From where we are now? From where we are now. Okay, so 16 to 22% yeah. is where you think we'll end up. Yep. Okay. I think we're heading down, 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 down. I think we are going to actually end up closer to 7% for the year. I think we're going to lose oh, significant. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, I, I apologize for asking you this question without asking it off air <laughs> why 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 would you have to ask that off air i can answer that on air okay why why what reasoning what rationale do you have to have a, a major pullback my trick knees telling me so no i just <laughs> think I, I i am no expert at this i just think sort of geopolitically and and, and socioeconomically like 
that's what's happening. I I just feel like the direction of things. I, I think you're, you're going to look at the debt ceiling debacle, which is about to happen. Mm-hmm. I think that's going to take a lot of the steam out of the stock market, and I don't think it'll recover. Right. So I think um, when Congress has got to figure out whether to raise the debt ceiling or not, they will balk like they always do. They will take it down to the eleventh hour. That will take a ton of gains off the market, and it's just not going to find its way back up after that. So that's that's the reason for my prediction. But that's a solid reason. I just disagree with your reason. You know, I have to admit, sometimes I give you reasons for stuff, and they're dumb. That That's a reasonable reason. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I just don't think it'll happen. All right. So mark our words. Just don't invest do based on those yeah. words. Dame, coming up after the break, we got some uh, listener emails that we're going to go through uh, about teen jobs, which I think is a pretty interesting thing. So we're going to hit that next. And then, of course, biggest waste of money of the week in news. After that, I'm Pete the Planner. This is the show. I don't know why I'm dragging this out so much today, given that I really am going to be here all day long. Like, I, I don't know. You're not dragging anything out. We enjoy spending some time with you. Just some, though. We. It's we. Hello, Brian Pinkins. Welcome to the show. Good to see you. All right, Dame. You know what I realized? Why I don't have tattoos? Do you want to hear this? Coming from the guy who just said, I don't know why I'm dragging this out. <laughs> yeah. Let's hear, let's hear why you don't have tattoos. Oh, another. Wait, can I, before I do that, I have another <laughs> travel story that just occurred to me. Bring On it. the flight from Dallas to Detroit, I'm in a row of three, right? Or a row mm-hmm. of six across, you know, three on the mm-hmm. row. And I'm on the aisle, two big, like, actual men sitting uh, next to me. And the guy on the window has got one of those crazy-looking elbow braces where it looks like a protractor is involved. You know, it's just sure. like you can tell something heinous happened to this guy's elbow. And I'm like, I, I don't talk to anybody, so I'm just like, nod. But it was the nod I gave with my eyes, not my mouth because it was covered, but my eyes were like, understanding and empathy and i also don't want to talk to you so then another guy comes and he sits in the middle between us and and this guy immediately starts in on the guy with the protractor brace elbow guy he goes ruptured bicep and the guy goes what's that now and he goes ruptured bicep and the guy's like yeah how do you know and he's like did the same thing so this guy turns and shows this scar how he had previously had the same injury so dame For 35 minutes, they are talking in the most graphic medical terms you have ever. Like, so then just basically what happened was it tore and just snapped when I was wakeboarding and like a chunk of the muscle remained. And I was like, guys, guys, guys. And somehow it's like going through the noise canceling feature of the headphones and it's like amplifying their their graphic things. It was horrific. Anyway, the guy with the protractor elbow brace guy, he was tatted up. I mean, just tatted up and it looked really cool. I was like, man, that guy, he is so much cooler than me and no one would doubt that. And then I started thinking as I was trying to block out their, you know, medical procedures, why I don't have tattoos. Dave, do you know why I don't have tattoos? Do you know specifically there's one reason? I don't think I do. It's not about pain. Pain does not bother me. I have a very high pain threshold, except if I have a common cold and that is hard. Mm. It's because I would feel like a poser based on the fact that the coroner at my death would look at my nude dead body and say, 
that's just don't look right on him. And that is the single reason why I don't have tattoos is because of the judgment of some coroner who will be involved with my life at some point. After your death, dead. I should say. Yeah, after you're dead. Well, not yeah. after you're dead. While you're dead. That's uh, okay. So, well, let's just follow this down the road for another exit. Yeah. Uh, if you were comfortable getting a tattoo. Yeah. Where and what? I, I, it's, it's, I would get like one word like on my yeah. arm, but then it's not even about like what people think about me. It's just what the coroner would think about me. Sure. You know what I mean? I mean, you, you can get them removed these days. Maybe that's just one of the last things that you have uh, have done. Maybe the uh, maybe there's a post-mortem tattoo removal service that goes on. Ooh. But is there, there's something wrong with me that, like, it's not about what the living, what people think about me while I'm standing there in front of them. It's what this one random person who happens yeah. to be the coroner thinks about me when I'm dead. That's why I won't get a tattoo. I'm not even doing a bit. Like, that's how I feel. That's... um weird that's odd let's start the show okay <laughs> but anyway i gotta get i gotta hurry up because I got if, we, if we have any psychologists in our audience I, I would love to get an analysis of that uh just send it to ask pete uh, and let me know what you think uh, is wrong with pete. i was wakeboarding and just popped and i was like all right looks like i'm just going for a boat ride the rest of the day he's like it was 9 a.m on a sunday so they couldn't sew the muscle back so it was just flopping around all week and i'm like guys guys I'm trying to enjoy a one ounce bag of rolled gold pretzels here. They're complimentary from my last flight. Can we please pipe down with the with the gore? Oh. But he was tatted up, so I didn't want to step to him. I, I, maybe maybe you were just jealous. You didn't have a comparable injury to share. I don't know. I did. Uh, I tell you, I wear soccer cleats when I coach my daughter's soccer team. Have I told oh. you this? Oh boy, no. I had clearly haven't. Um. I got my first soccer coaching injury as one of our better players. Uh, I was challenging her, which sounds like a, it was like a street fight or like West Side Story, like a snapping dance fight. But no, it's just that we were going to have a little scrimmage. She stomped on the top of my boot, as you shall say, with her cleats, and it really hurt. Yeah. I, do you wear shin pads and long no, socks? No, I mean, I'm, I'm too fleet of foot to get kicked in the shin by these little ladies. Yeah. yeah. Um. All right. Oh, last thing. Uh, I Because we got to move on. I was at Texas Christian University this week. That's why I was in Texas. I was doing a thing down there. Unbelievably beautiful campus. I knew nothing about TCU. I'm just, I literally nothing other than LaDainian Tomlinson went to TCU. That's about all I knew. And Andy Dalton, because he's a ginger. So I, I know these things. Um, the Horned Frogs. Mm -hmm. Unbelievable place. Really? Beautiful beautiful I'm place gonna spend some time on the google later today looking at pictures of campus also very pricey uh yeah. tuition and fees uh just coming on uh, coming under just coming just under how would you say that seventy thousand dollars or so a year it's a private Yikes. school yeah 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 personal. and three two one back on the pete the planner show thanks for sticking with us through that brief Break. And again, a special welcome to a uh, new affiliate in Anderson, Indiana, WHBU, part of the Wolf Boom Radio Group. Welcome to the Pete the Planner Radio Network. All right, Dame, got an email from a person who emailed us via askpete at petetheplanner.com. It's all one word. Askpete at petetheplanner.com. Good day, Brothers Dunn. Well, 
you have Elon Musk to thank for introducing your show via my Tesla computer screen. Okay, that, so I'm going to hit timeout here. How's that work? Were we a recommended podcast via Tesla? I, that's what I want to know. Does does do Teslas uh, just put up? Hey, uh, you listened to uh, a murder mystery, and now you want to listen to Pete the Planner? Oh my gosh! Since the discovery, I've listened to every available podcast more than once. <laughs> in your most recent podcast, you discussed a local restaurant and their job offerings and wages. It was fascinating how much aligned with one I own in this area of the country. And here's the thing. I, I You and I talked about this uh, email before the show, Dame. I both want to help promote this restaurant, but I also don't want to uh, expose this person's thought on wa any wages if they right. if we got weird. So we will look at the menu here in just a moment and tell you how delicious it looks, but I'm not going to tell you the restaurant or the location. It just doesn't seem pertinent. Uh, so you don't have to creep on my Facebook page. Uh, and so they told us where the uh, restaurant was. Anyway, we too are struggling to be fully staffed and have gone through all the COVID crisis as well, including our first COVID shutdown last month for a week. Oh man, they so real. Yeah. Well, I hate that. Our servers, bartenders, and support staff are working their tails off. Thankfully, thankfully they're being rewarded with crazy pity tips at this time. I am pity tipping like a mother these days. Yeah, I, I've uh, fallen into that habit myself. Uh, I don't mind it, though. Uh, may I add a new phenomenon to the later shortage? This person writes, teenagers don't work anymore in high school, at least in the more affluent areas. And this person is in an affluent area of our country. This person notes, I have to compete with families that pay $20 an hour for a teenage babysitter or 60 bucks to mow a lawn as well as the year-round sports they participate in. We have several after-school positions for age 15 and over that are very flexible and pay decent, but can never seem to keep a full staff. When I was a teen, in the same community, I was a competitive gymnast who committed 30 hours a week to my sport and found a fast food job that would schedule me only on weekends, the only way I had pocket money. Anyway, my rant's over, but if you want uh, a discussion on the working uh, of pay rates and things, I'm your girl, signed... Chris, Chris, thanks for the email. Dame, I would say anecdotally, I, I will also feel like teens don't work as much as they used to, but I, I'm trying not. To, this person actually has uh, firsthand experience with that. Uh, mine's all just old man gripey stuff, you know? Yeah, I, you know, I owned a, a family business for a while and I hired almost exclusively teenagers at that point. But I will say that it was really hard to, to find uh good kids to, to come work for me as well. So I see it. I, I feel it. Uh, I think about how busy my kids schedules are and they're 11 and nine at this point. And I can't imagine how packed they're going to be in another five years and trying to prioritize uh, a part-time job for them might be really, really challenging. I'd, I'd love for them to go out there and get some experience and working for somebody else other than, you know, mom or dad in, in what we've got going on or uh, a family member, just to know what it's like to have that experience of being punctual and listening and paying attention and coming through on, on uh, what you're expected to do. But I just don't know how that's going to fit in schedules anymore. It's going to have to be a concerted effort and a prioritization to make sure that they get that experience if that's what we want to do. According to Pew Research, by the way, anytime you start a sentence with according to Pew Research, it just makes you seem a little bit yeah. more intelligent. During the pandemic summer of 2020, teen, teen summer employment in the United States plunged 
to its lowest level since the Great Recession, erasing a decade's worth of slow gains, according to the Pew Research Center's latest analysis of federal employment data. Fewer than a third, 30.8% to be specific, of U.S. teens had a paying job last summer. Okay, so let's do it this way, Dame. And this is not at all representative of uh, America or any, even a cross-section of America. I want you to think of your two best friends in high school. Okay. What percentage of you and your two best friends worked at least part-time during the summer? Uh, 66% of us. Yeah. I think mine was the same 66, possibly a hundred. I kind of forget. Uh, I I think for me, it was like, I wanted money to do stuff. Mm Mm-hmm. And so at what point does entitlement come into this where parents are are either given an allowance or providing the the means of entertainment for people to do stuff? Isn't it, I don't want to get ahead of our skis here, but isn't teaching someone how to provide their own stream of income sort of a relevant skill? Yeah, I, I would like to think so. I, you um there's a value in in that and not just you know monetarily but it kind of sets the stage going forward you know that this is going to be an expected part of your life and it, you know it, it certainly doesn't need to be the primary driving factor when you're it's still in high school uh, f- from most kids uh, but I do recognize there are some some families that are in a position they they do unfortunately require some some help from from the children so um, yeah it's 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 a really interesting time period and I'm, I don't know if I'm overly concerned about, uh, the trend here, but I do think we're missing out on a way to set expectations, uh, for that, that individual child going forward. You know, I think back to one of my first jobs, I worked at our family, my family business, which mm-hmm. was a plumbing shop that my dad and my uncle owned. And I, this is my first summer working there. I was supposed to clean out under this pipe trailer, uh, like a huge semi filled with copper pipe and all sorts of things that of course had to lock in a trailer because <clears throat> there's thieves all over the world. And, uh, but under it, a lot of trash and debris mm-hmm. would accumulate. And my job was on this first week of work to go clean out from under it. So I did that. And then on the second week of work, I went and did that. And my uncle found his way out to the, the shop, uh, who wasn't my boss. He was the head of the company, but I had like four other bosses up the sure. chain. And he laid into me about the quality of the work of cleaning out under this pipe trailer. And Dame, I will tell you to this very day, it was one of the most valuable experiences of my entire life. My uncle, he didn't yell at me, but man, it was an uncomfortable conversation. He was like, what are you doing? He's like, you cleaned out under the pipe. And he looked, he's like, look, there's that, there's that. And I was like, well, I picked up the big stuff. And he's like, oh, you did, didn't you? And it's like, that's the sort of experiences you need from not your parents yeah. when you're a teen to say, look, 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 this isn't good enough. And I wish that experience for everyone. I had, I remember that very first conversation myself. I was working in a, a bag room of a, a pro shop at a golf course, cleaning clubs for the members after they came in. And I mean, I was young, but and I was not doing a good job. You know, pick, take a club out. Eh, seven iron looks all right. Oh, it looks like Judy missed uh, missed hit our, her eight iron a lot today. But 
some would get cleaned better than others. Some probably didn't get cleaned at all. And I got spot checked and the pro came back to me and laid into me and he was a family friend. Uh, but, but I needed that. I to hear it from somebody other than your parent, because yeah, it's just mom or dad getting mad at you for whatever. But when it's somebody else it takes on a whole different meaning, different gravity to that conversation. Yeah. It's funny when, it, when it's in the moment, I, I've thought about that when I travel, I just have a lot of time to think. So now that my travel started back up, I was thinking about this just the other day. The most harsh in the moment criticism that I've ever received throughout my life that is the most painful and that you reject immediately out of the discomfort that comes with it always ends up being the most true. Uh, even social media early in the days when people would just lob just really heinous, rude, direct things at you. I'm like, what's wrong with that person? Guess what? They almost were always right. Now, is the delivery uh, the best way to go? Probably not. Dame, let's do this. Come, let's take a break. And then coming up after said break, biggest waste of money of the week in the news. I'm Pete the Planner. Look at that. All right, Dame. I have not found a biggest waste of money of the week yet. Ooh. Ooh. So pray for me. Oh, I could think of something for my travel. Uh, da, 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 da. I had, uh, so I got to my hotel late in Fort Worth. And I went up to like the hotel bar because I had some, I needed some food because I'd eaten. It was a nice little restaurant. Had a, of course, a Shiner Bach because I was in Texas. So I, I had to do that. Then I was like, well, how are your wings? These look pretty good. And the person said, uh, well, you got to try our special sauce. And I was like, yeah, okay, let's go. I'm in. I was like, and could you tell me what that special sauce is? And she said, it's our PB&J wings. And I was like, okay, sure. I mean, these people are morons. They're not going to continue to have this on the menu if it's just heinous. So it comes out, it's almost like a peanut-based sauce with a little bit of fruitiness to it and then Serrano chili. So it ended up being really good. But I, I my dinner was PBJ wings. And then Shinerbach was sort of strange. I... I would not have done that myself, but uh, I'm glad that you got to experience that for your first business trip in over a year. Um, yeah, it was nice. Okay. <clears throat> I think I'm ready to go. Really? I'm ready that was go. quick. Well, yeah, I've settled. I've settled. Oh, so it's not going to be very good. <laughs> well, that's what settling means. Okay. Just ask Mrs. Planner. Mm -hmm. Okay. So are you ready? Yes. Did you like the story I called and told you earlier this week on the phone on my way to the airport? Was that an enjoyable story yes. for you? Yes. I liked it too, but I yeah. can't tell that uh, no. uh, to anyone. Okay. In three, two, one. This week's biggest waste of money of the week right here on the Pete the Planner Show is Yamazaki 55-year-old Japanese whiskey. Makers of Japanese whiskey for nearly a century, Yamazaki last year released the oldest expression in its storied history. Just one catch. It was only available via lottery for Japanese restaurant uh, residents. They're now remedying that with a global release. The 50, that would be a good name for a garage band. Global, global release. release. Yeah. <laughs> what? what? I don't know. A lot of coffee. The 55-year-old spirit contains white oak aged whiskey from 1964 and Mizunara aged whiskey that was distilled in 1960. The final blend, overseen by chef blender Shinji Fukuyo, 
arrives in bottles with engraved characters, a 55 filled with gold dust and lacquer, and a neck wrapped in a traditional handmade uh, braided cord. And I don't know how to pronounce it. While some widely available, uh, oh, pardon me, while more wildly available than last year's release, it's still limited to just 100 bottles with $5,000 of each purchase going to benefit the White Oak Initiative, a group committed to preserving America's white oak forests. Okay, so Dame, what is this bottle of whiskey? It looks like just a, a you know, a, a 750, if you will. What do you think this thing costs if $5,000 of the purchase price is going to preserve white oak forests? It's got to be like 25 grand. Oh, so sorry. $60,000. Okay, so here's the question. What does your annual income have to be? Oh man. In order to afford a $60,000 bottle of whiskey, or am I thinking about this wrong? Is it that you have so much wealth that you've got assets to burn? Yeah, I don't think this is a, a consideration for virtually anyone at that point. It's it, it's probably a gift amongst a very small percentage of people at that point. Good Lord. I guess you'd have to be a Bitcoin millionaire. It was so nice to be at a college campus this week. I was speaking to faculty, not students, uh, but it was so nice to be at a a campus this week and not be asked about Bitcoin. Every other time I'm at a college campus and you run into any students, they're like, what do you think about Bitcoin? I I have to be old gripey man all of a sudden. How uh, I I have no concept of how big TCU is. Do you have an idea how many students are on campus there? Man, I really wish you had not asked that because now I I don't know. Uh, Okay, looks like 10,400. Okay. It is a beautiful campus. So you know how Soldier Field was ruined because it was a beautiful structure and then they put the spaceship on top of it? Yes. The basketball pavilion at TCU is the exact opposite of that. So what was weird, it was one of those old stadiums, like just a big circle, ugly, bronze-looking 1970s maybe. Mm -hmm. You know, just like horrible looking. And so... The way they revitalize that is they put a facade on it that that is more traditional with like columns and stuff like that. So Soldier Field was the columns and they put the dumb spaceship on top. This venue was this old, ugly, round building that they put a beautiful facade on. So, you know what I mean? Sort of the opposite of Soldier Field. And it was perfect. I mean, this campus is unbelievable. Uh, you're making me want to check it out even more. And also I'm- very hot. Yeah, well, that that would be a major drawback for both of us. Let me tell you, I don't think they probably sell a lot of natural deodorant in Texas. Don't think so? I don't think so because, you know, I've switched to the natural and I was down there. It doesn't hold up. I, I bet they do in Austin. Oh, yeah, that's true. Ooh, I heard a, uh, off the air. Off the air. <laughs> uh, Dane, what's in the news this week? Congressional Democrats are floating a slew of new taxes to help cover their $3.5 trillion budget plan including new levies on the wealthy. Senate Finance Committee Chairman Ron Wyden, Democrat, Oregon, has introduced (laughs) proposals for taxes on derivatives, which are financial contracts linked to assets as well as carry interests, which generally is received by hedge fund managers and private equity firms. These measures, it it becomes very relevant to us very soon, Pete. I was waiting for (laughs) the the relevance. The the measures call for a mark-to-market tax, meaning investors may pay levies annually based on market value and may pave the way for a broader push 
for similar levies on capital gains, according to Tax Foundation analysis. Currently, investors don't pay taxes on gains or claim a deduction for losses until they sell. However, mark-to-market levies could oh. occur every year, even if they still own the asset. Nightmare. Unreal. That would be an accounting nightmare, first of all. Oh, man. So for those of you that might not know, <laughs> non-qualified accounts, which is what we're talking about, not IRAs, not 401ks, not 403bs, not anything that has some tax advantage to it, non-qualified accounts are taxed typically after you sell something that you bought. This is saying that you'd pay for a gain on an asset that that Thor Industries that I suggested yeah. uh, we buy $10,000 of be worth $12,000 right now. The end of the year, I'd pay taxes on that $12,000 of paper gains. I haven't sold anything, but I would have to pay taxes on that amount at the end of the year. This is really horrible. And and so the beginning of the story was really about like, hey, let's stick it to the uber wealthy. Yes. But then by the end of the story, what people may not realize is, hey, let's stick it to everyone. Yes. Because uh, a lot of people own own securities and, and everyday people. And it would be a tax nightmare to do that. So, yeah, that's not good. What, what else is in there? G- give me something more positive than that. Uh, the next frontier of at-home health tracking is flush with data, Pete. They're looking at trying to pick up some extra data on your uh, health habits from your toilet. Oh, come again? What's that now? Wait, hold on a second. Uh, what exactly are they testing in the toilet? Well, let me tell you. Researchers and companies are Keep developing... Keep it clean. This is a family I, show. I, I know. Uh, I've, I already got approval from uh, Oz to, to read the story okay, on air. Good. So. Uh, researchers and companies are developing high-tech toilets that go beyond adding smart speakers and a heated seat. These smart facilities are designed to look out for signs of gastrointestinal disease, monitor oh. blood pressure, oh. or tell you th- you need to eat more fish, all from the comfort of your own personal throne. Doctors have long used fecal and urine samples for oh. clues to people's health, but there's been a renewed interest in recent years as scientists have begun to better understand how the microbes in our gut influence our well-being. In the COVID-19 pandemic, more communities launched wastewater surveillance initiatives, enabling health officials to hunt for early signs of the virus in cities and neighborhoods to track its spread. Some researchers want to harness that wealth of information on the individual level and have come up with models to peer into the toilet bowl remotely. Smart toilets are geared towards uh, helping doctors monitor patients with chronic conditions, or heightened risk of certain diseases, whereas other companies aim to sell the toilets with price tags in the hundreds or thousands of dollars directly to the consumers as a tool to track to or improve their own health and wellness. Now, here's what I didn't put in my, my copy. Oh, the joke that you wrote about this? No, no. Okay. Uh, they would potentially uh, be able to monitor uh, flow and also some consistency and what's uh, what's floating oh, around down there. My. I feel like Oprah's involved now. Now the uh, the, the the interesting is well, how are you going to tell apart uh, you know different people? Yeah, different people, whether yeah. it's a kid or an adult sure. or whatever. Uh, there would be a fingerprint sensor in the oh, hand boy. that would track that. Some toilets also have cameras in oh. the bowl to oh. take very detailed pictures of oh. what's going on down there. Okay, I'm done with this. I will say this: number one, that actually is a very cool idea. Uh, <clears throat> number two. Number two. And this is, I mean, this is a financial show, but 
I don't like when people pronounce feces feces. We've heard him say that. No. Oh, I've heard several people. And every time I'm like, what? How can you mispronounce that? You've never heard someone go with a hard C? (laughs) No. Really? I swear I have never heard somebody say that. Oh, it's alarming. It, it is. If it you're watching is. the live stream right now and you've heard somebody pronounce it that way, say yes. And that way we can all prove Pete wrong or right. Whatever. Uh, oh, that's it. We're done. Uh, Dame, next week on the show, well, maybe more travel stories. You, you just never know. I'm back in the flow. I'm going to be on the Pacific Coast. We'll see what happens. Uh, thanks for joining me. Uh, as always, Dame, I always love having you here. Uh, sending everyone else good vibes because good vibes are all that's in the budget. I'm Pete the Planner, and this is the Pete the Planner Show. You've never heard anyone say fikis. I swear I've never heard that. I actually have a friend that says fikis. And I don't, I mean, I, we're friends, but we're not to the point where I can be like, hey, man, um, that's not how you pronounce it. Maybe that's just a northern Indianapolis thing. You've never heard that? I have never heard that. It's jarring. I'm I'm still waiting for somebody to put in the stream that they've heard. Has anyone in the stream <laughs> heard anyone pronounce feces, feces, anybody? Crickets. Oh, Crickets. Man. If you're like listening I, to the podcast, send it to Ask Pete. I grew up in the plumbing business, as you know. And so, like, interesting <laughs> toilets have been part of my life sure. forever. Right. So uh, at one point in time, when Mrs. Planner and I graduated college, my dad gave us the last uh, full water flush toilet that they had in inventory as a wedding gift. <laughs> so, a great so gift. yeah, I think we had how many bathrooms do we have in the house? Three bathrooms in our first house, two and a half bath. He gave three toilets to us as part of that that home situation in which they were the the not the limited uh, water flush, mm-hmm. like the, you know, the conservation mm-hmm. toilets. Mm-hmm. And so but then when we moved a couple years later, we left them there. And I told the realtor uh, realtor uh, uh, during the home sales process, I was like, hey, you need to list that these toilets are there. And the, the realtor was like, what's wrong with you? I'm like, what's wrong with me? What's wrong with you? And then we moved and my dad was mad you that didn't we didn't move the toilets. I know. And, and, and Mrs. Planner, who was my 22-year-old blushing bride at the time, she didn't appreciate this full flush functionality of these toilets, but boy, does she now after being married to me for 21 years. There you go. I, if the, the little things that you know and experience as you grow old together. <laughs> um, all right. So let's go, Dan, because I want to tell you this Austin thing that someone told me that was interesting that yeah. I cannot share. Um, with anyone else and that's it Dame back on the show next week uh, more travel stories uh, anything you want to say to the, our illustrious audience no <laughs> of course not okay everybody stay getting money <laughs>